We were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and crazy, but when we do life together, it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I also love sharing all the secrets about things that have worked for me so that they can help you. On Living Easy, I really like to dig deep. We will laugh together and struggle together. You'll hear honest insight and practical tips about things like time management, building a brand, traveling, strengthening your faith in your marriage, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to the first episode of the Living Easy Podcast. I am excited to say the least. I seriously have been so thrilled about this new venture and I hope that you guys are too. Thank you so much for all of you who have joined me and taken the time to support me and encourage me. It means the world. But I wanted to start off this episode just with some advice that I have received in life that has kind of changed the trajectory of the way that I do things. And so I wanted to share it with you. This podcast is going to be about a variety of things from business to relationships to budgeting to family life and parenthood to organization and minimalism. You name it, we're going to touch on it. And so I hope that some of these topics are helpful to you and beneficial to you in the way that you live your life and that they'll just make things a little bit easier and more joyful. So with that said, let's get started on seven pieces of advice that have changed my life. Number one is don't talk too much about your problems because 80% of people are glad you have them and the other 20% don't care. So for those of you who have been following along with me for a while, you know that I talk a lot about really honest and raw and vulnerable stuff. And sometimes I've put myself out there so much that it comes back against me. And what I mean by that is that people will either use that information to hurt me or to gossip about me or to talk, whatever it might be. And when I put myself out there, I kind of just expect that people are going to know my life and that's just how it is. But my sister actually shared something with me. She said, Lindsay, you have to be careful. Look at the entertainment magazines that you see at the grocery store. It is all of people's dirty laundry, and that is what people love to see. It's not that they're engaging so much with you because it's real, although I do believe that that's a part of it, but it's because they like that you have problems. They like that you have dirty laundry. And I think there's a balance with this. One, it is important to be real and raw, especially in the world of social media, but it's also becoming something where people are so real and raw that that is the norm, which I greatly appreciate. I would much rather have that than the facade. I want people to be real and honest, right? But at the same time, I do think that people just feed off of it a little bit. And so what I have learned is just to balance it out, to not always complain and vent and share because sometimes people who are not super close to us may be priding themselves off of the fact that you're doing worse than them. I believe it's important to have those people close to you that you share your problems with, but I really loved this quote, 80% of people are glad you have the problems and 20% don't care. For me, it is a reminder to just focus on the good 
and talk about the good. And that doesn't mean not being real, but it means putting aside the things that give me anxiety or stress or just make me want to complain, 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 because all the complaining does is create a deeper bitterness and resentment in my own heart rather than focusing on the good and the excellent and the pure and the lovely things and talking about those things while also still being real. So again, it's a huge balance, but it was just a good reminder for me. Number two, next is the three, five, and 12 friendship rule. So this I learned because I was with a friend and we were struggling with our friendship. We couldn't quite understand why there was this weird tension. And so we sat down together and one of the people that was helping us walk through this mentioned the three, five, 12 rule. Basically what it is, is you have your three people. Those are your closest people. You have necessary boundaries, but for the most part, you are completely open with them. They know most everything about you. You know most everything about them. You guys pour into one another, share life together. You've known one another usually longer amounts of time because you've built that bond up over the years. And those are the people you really hold tightly to. And I think it's so important for us to teach our kids this, that we don't want to always go after the new and exciting friendships. Those close people are ones who can stick around forever. And two of my very close friendships, I have been friends with them for over like 24 years, which seems insane to even say out loud. But those relationships, there is nothing like that. When somebody knows you that deeply, you just have this super strong bond. And so those are the people that you cling to. You don't assume that they're always going to be there. You invest in them. You love them well. You let them know you're thinking of them. You make time for them. And then you have your five. And those five, you have more boundaries with. You are able to share life with those people. You still pour into them. They pour into you. You, but you don't share everything. I strongly believe in loving everyone wholeheartedly, but that doesn't mean that we give ourselves away completely to everyone either. So those five people, you have them, you love them, you invest in them, you care for them, but you do have more boundaries when it comes to letting them into your marriage or your parenthood or whatever it might be. And then you have your 12 and those are your acquaintances. Those are the people that you have relatively strict boundaries in regards to vulnerability, but you spend time with them. You enjoy them. You live life alongside them. You encourage them and lift one another up spiritually, emotionally, physically, and just love one another well. And by the way, these are examples that stem from the relationships that Jesus had. And then the next piece of advice I've received is you are not going to heaven on anyone's back. So don't live your life as if you were. I recently had a situation where someone was upset at me because I was friends with someone else that they didn't get along with. And I know it takes you back to high school. It was crazy to me. But it came to a point where I realized I am not responsible for another person's feelings with someone else. I am responsible for loving anyways. I'm going to love you anyways, even if you don't like me because I'm friends with this other person, and I'm going to love this other person anyways. We all fall short. We all make mistakes. And so love anyways. If a friend has an issue with another friend, you guys, it is not your responsibility to get involved, to get in the middle and to become bitter at this other person or angry. If you have a family member who has an issue with your mother-in-law, it is not your job to get involved and in between that situation. You're responsible for yourself. You are accountable for yourself. And you're not going to walk into heaven holding hands with this friend that you're protecting, right? You're going to walk into heaven alone while being held accountable for your own actions. So 
live your own life, make your own decisions, love anyways, forgive, and choose to continue focusing on your path, on the path that God has set before you and has called you to instead of holding someone else's hand and getting yourself into resentment or bitterness or anger or whatever it might be. Number four, an invitation is not an obligation. So this has been a huge realization for me recently that when I invite someone somewhere and they don't come, my feelings get really, really hurt. And I saw this quote that said, an invitation is not an obligation. And it resonated so heavily with me because I realized that I put this pressure on people that is not fair to place on them because I want them to show up for me. I want, and it's very selfish because it's not considering these other people. And so what I have had to realize is, although I love hosting events, although I love having people, that if someone doesn't show, it's because they have a lot going on in their lives, or maybe they just don't want to come and that's okay too. But on the flip side, on our end, an invitation is not an obligation either. If someone asks you to go somewhere or if somebody really pursues you for an event or for a ministry or for a job or whatever it might be, you are not obligated to that just because you're invited. We have to give ourselves the freedom to say no without guilt so that we can say yes without resentment. And when we're constantly saying yes, 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 we're going to these places. And what are you doing, you guys? You're like, Uh, to your husband. I don't want to go. I don't want to be there. I'm going to just go for a few minutes and then I'm going to come home. And you drive over there angry because you'd rather be in bed and cozied up with big fluffy socks and a good movie on Netflix than going to this event or pampered chef party, right? Whatever it might be. And we're resentful. But when we create those boundaries and we learn that it's okay to say no to whatever it is, as long as our heart is to love people well, to show up for people, and to commit to those three especially, right? Then we have the freedom and we don't feel so resentful on the times that we do say yes. Number five, an imperfect home sometimes creates the best memories. I remember in college, I went snowboarding with some friends and we were coming home and our friends invited us over to their parents' house. And so we were like, are you sure? Do they even know we're coming? And they were like, oh, it's no big deal. They're good. They're cool. So we're like, okay. So we went in and it was just something that has never left me. We walked in, we had never met his parents before, and they come up and they give us big hugs and they said, welcome, it's so nice to have you. The house was not perfectly clean. There was mess everywhere. It wasn't dirty, it was just messy. And there were people already in the house and it was like our friend's friends were hanging out with their parents. And it was immediately apparent to me that this house was the house that everyone comes to, right? And that is the house I want for my kids so badly is to be the house that they and their friends come to because then I can keep a better eye on them and know what they're doing. But also I really want to get to know their friends because I think that's so important. And as we walked in, she was baking this cake that was like a three-ingredient cake. It wasn't anything elaborate. I don't know if you guys have ever had it. It's called like the cherry butter cake, but it's one of my favorite things in the world and it is so good. But with all of that said, it was just so warm and so welcoming. And we bought a white rug for our new house. And I noticed as people were coming in that they were taking their shoes off because we had a white rug at the door. Honestly, I didn't think this through. I just liked the white rug. I thought it was super cute. 
But as I started seeing people take off their shoes, I can immediately tell like they stiffened up a little bit and they felt like they needed to watch where they were going and be really cautious about where they were sitting and all of this stuff. And I was like, no, keep your shoes on, come in and make yourself at home. But in that moment, I realized, no, I need to adjust things so that it is a cozy place to be. So I got rid of my white rug. It was probably for the best anyway, because it was already getting destroyed. And I've already felt more of a warmth and I will bring people coffee in the living room, even though we have a white rug in there. And I will make buffalo wings and not be afraid. And I'll let the kids go out and play and eat outside or eat in the living room or whatever. I want it to be warm. And I think that's where the best memories are made. It's so easy for me, you guys, to get caught up in the don't touch, don't touch, don't touch. And I am really working on that. But I don't want that life. And I don't think our kids want that life. And I don't think our friends want to come over when we are that way. And so I think these imperfect homes where you walk in and you're like, oh, her too. She had a hard day too. Or she has a ton of laundry piling out of the laundry basket as well. That's awesome. You know, and it just makes you breathe. I went to one of my friend's houses for the very first time a long time ago. And I really placed her on a pedestal at the time and thought so highly of her, and I still do. But when she answered the door, I was expecting like this perfect home and her to be all done up. And anyway, she opens the door. Her house is a disaster. There's toys everywhere. And immediately there was like, one brick off of my shoulders. And then her hair is like all over the place and crazy. And when I walk in, she's like, sorry, I haven't brushed my teeth or washed my hair today or probably in like three days. So, and I just laughed so hard because we are so twisted sometimes in thinking that everyone just always has it all together all the time, but that is not reality and it's not expected of us. We're, we shouldn't live that way. It's exhausting. But I felt those bricks fall off of my shoulders when I saw her like that and I immediately felt the ability to be at home and to be myself and to help her pick up whatever she needed help with and like just to live life together instead of trying to be all put together. So your imperfect home, friends, even if it needs work, even if it needs things, don't be afraid to invest invite people in and allow your home to be a refuge for the world instead of a refuge from the world. Number six, don't be afraid to ask and don't apologize for asking. I have learned recently to edit my emails. I am really bad at using apologetic language in everything I say, which is like, I'm so sorry that I did this. Please forgive me. I'll send it the right way now. Or I just wanted to ask if you might potentially be willing <laughs> to do this. Like so cowardice and hesitant and it is not appealing. One, it's not professional. Two, and there really isn't a need for it. I have learned to ask and to not be afraid to ask and to do so with confidence. And I want to encourage you guys to do the same. I want to share a story with my blog. So for those of you who don't know, I have a blog and it has a good number of viewers each year, which has been such a blessing to me. But a lot of that has come from asking. My work has been shared in South Africa, in Brazil, in Canada, in Peru, all over the world, in magazines, on online magazines, at conferences in different countries. And it came from asking magazines online if they would share my work. Countless articles of mine have been shared by Relevant Magazine, Huffington Post, Family Life. And it's because I asked them to share it. I sent it to them and I said, hey, 
I just wanted to know if you'd be willing to share this. And lo and behold, they said yes. I have no idea why, but they did. And I was so thankful, but it never would have happened if I didn't ask. And now all of these people from different countries, the number one group of people that I talk to aside from the U.S. are people in Africa. And it's just been the coolest experience of my life because their faith is phenomenal, you guys. That's another story for another day, but it's really challenged and encouraged me. They wouldn't have seen my articles had I not just asked for it. And the worst you can get is a no. So I just want to say, if you need to ask for something as simple as a babysitter, ask with confidence. If you need to ask someone to help you with your social media, ask with confidence. If you need to ask your friends and family to share something for you or to promote something for you, ask with confidence. The worst you can get is a no and you don't get upset or defensive or anything. You just write it off and ask the next person. I have received plenty of no's and I just keep going. And this podcast, the interviewees that you're going to hear on here was a total leap of faith. I just sent an email and I asked and some of the most amazing people that I think so highly of have said yes. So I just want to encourage you, pursue your goals, pursue your business goals, pursue your life goals, and don't be afraid to ask for help because we all need a little help sometimes. And lastly, take your thoughts captive. For me, this has been huge. My mind runs wild. I don't know if you can relate, but I think especially women, we have the best comparison I've ever heard is like a million pop-up windows on a computer. And that is what is in our brain. (laughs) It's a million pop-up windows all at once. And you don't close out of them. You just minimize them. And so when Jesse will ask me, what's going on in your head? I'm like... (laughs) Uh, do you really want to know? And he'll usually say yes, knowing what he's in for. And I'll list off 30 things that I have going on in my head. And he always says, man, I'm so glad I'm not a girl because this guy, Jesse is so in his head, but it's like he can have that pop-up window and then close it out and go to the next one. But I think as women, we have a harder time doing that. With that said, I have learned to do two things. One, brain dump. When you wake up in the morning or go to bed at night and you have a ton on your mind, write it all out. Write it out on a notepad, one, so that you can sleep better, and two, so that you can just get it out of your head because that's overwhelming and causes anxiety and depression and all kinds of things that we don't need. When you list all those things out, you can say, okay, this is important and I can deal with this tomorrow. This is not important. I need to just cross that off and let it go. And it's really helpful. But next, I take my thoughts captive and I write down the lies that I'm believing. If you're believing lies about I'm not worthy or I'm not able or I'm a horrible wife, I'm a horrible mom, I'm whatever it might be, take those thoughts captive and write them down and then write truth next to them. So I have so many promises of God that I've memorized from the Bible, or also sometimes I'll just Google like scripture about faith or scripture about doubt. And those moments when I'm really struggling, I'll write truth next to those lies that I'm believing. And it helps to take my thoughts captive and make them obedient to God so that I'm not allowing myself to feel this deep seated, overwhelmed, anxious feeling. And that I can just say, no, these things are not true. Are there areas that I can improve? Definitely. Write those down too. But next to them, who am I? What is my identity? Who is my identity? Am I forgiven? Have I been given grace? Am I loved? Yes, all of those things. So write down his promises next to those lies and take those thoughts captive because our thoughts are the 
foundation of everything. They start everything. They start off the trajectory of our day. They start off our relationships and the words that we speak. Our thoughts dictate so much. And if we don't take those thoughts captive, we are bound to go down a rabbit hole of destroying things around us. So don't allow yourself to get stuck in your head. Write those things out and let them go. All right. Well, I hope those were encouraging to you. Thank you all so much for listening to my intro episode. Woohoo! I'm so excited. <laughs> and I hope you guys are excited as well. Please don't hesitate to share if you enjoyed this episode and let me know which tip was most encouraging to you guys. And I hope that they are as impactful to you as they were for me. Hey guys, if you love the show, the best compliment you could ever give is to share the love. If you enjoyed this episode, take a quick screenshot to share on your stories or on Facebook and tag me, or you can simply text it to a friend or family member. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast or at lindsay.maestas. The more you share, the more of an opportunity we all have to bring a little bit of hope and joy to people around the world. So let's do it together. Thank you all so much for your support and for listening to Living Easy. You guys are the best ever. Have a great day. Bye.